The strategies and concepts discussed are for educational purposes only and do not represent specific investment tax or estate planning advice. Investing carries an inherent element of risk, and it is in everyone's best interest to consult a tax, legal, or investment professional. Investment advisor representative of and advisory services are offered through USA Financial Securities, member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Life Stages Advisory, Nordeen, or Remington are affiliated with USA Financial Securities. Welcome to the sixth episode of WTF. Seventh. <laughs> seventh. <laughs> Welcome to the seventh episode of WTF, Wealth, Taxes, and Finances. I'm your host, John Cindia, certified public accountant and personal financial specialist. Today we're going to do what I promised we would do eventually, have some guests in the studio here. We're going to have Remington and Dean. Last names are going to be protected. Absolutely. I love to protect that. Oh, yeah. Got to have my uh, identity secure. That's exactly it. So you've got a boomer here, and we're having two millennials there. So what we're going to do is talk about some topics. I found an article in 2019. I'm going to refer to this a little bit. It was about both Gen Z and millennials believe these are the biggest problems their generations currently face. And while they have 10 or 15 different ones on each one, I'm just going to give you the top five. And then what we're going to do is discuss these and how they affect everyday life on my side as a boomer and as Remington and Dean's as a millennial. There are some commonalities, but then there are some differences. And we've discussed these off of the air. And while we don't want to get too, uh, I guess, deep into the weeds on the subjects, we're going to bring up some topical issues from each of these, try to bring those together, and at the end, come up with, I guess, some suggestions of what, what can help you, what you need to really concentrate on, and maybe getting a little bit more of a outlook of an outlook on life's matters as it deals with your finances. May sound a little too heavy right now, but as we get into it, I think we're going to have some uh, fun with this, but we're also going to hopefully have a learning experience for everybody here. The first thing, the 13 to 17 year olds are the Gen Z generation, okay? Climate change, social media, technology addiction, gun violence, and school shootings, and bullying. Those are their top five. Now, the millennials from 18 to 36, ironically, climate change is number one on their slate too. But then it uh, is a, a, a huge disparity here. Debt is number two, Economy is three, drugs is four, and technology, technology addiction is five. So climate change is one, technology addiction is number three for the Gen Z and five for the millennials. When we start looking at this, I was trying to compare what was my uh, generation, what was the issues that we were dealing with. Well, there was debt. We were worried about the economy. 
There really wasn't that much of a drug issue at that point. Climate change was definitely not an issue, and we didn't have that much technology. We were more worried about communists, Woodstock, civil defense shelters, and the atomic bomb. So we, we do have a lot of diversity here as far as what we're going to talk about. But um, let me just ask you guys both, uh, Dean and Rem, how do you think this affects you, this listing, on a personal level? Um, I mean, honestly, some of the stuff, it does kind of make sense. But I, I, I would say for me, like, I'm more focused on the things that directly affect me, like uh, how debt, the economy, wage inequality, cost of living, like that stuff. To me, if I had my own list, I feel like it'd be a little bit higher because like that's the stuff that affects like my day to day and how I'm going to like make ends meet. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like the uh, more financial stuff is kind of affecting me. I mean, does that kind of make sense to you, Dean? Or? Yeah, absolutely. I think the... Uh the difference here is the like the Gen Z is they're still school age, they're still in high school, they're still in middle school. Uh, they don't have too much debt. Yeah, they're, they're not necessarily. <laughs> I, um, I think we can all attest to this. When you're in high school, you might not really have been worried about the economy <laughs> because right. it didn't really directly affect you all the time. But um, I think, like Rem said, as I get older, I'm, I'm certainly more worried about my debt, more worried about economy and uh, wage inequality. So I would agree that. Um, this list would be a little bit different for me, but I, I do agree that a lot of the stuff on here is is definitely important to me in my day-to-day. -day. Yeah. As I was looking down through 6 through 10 on the rest of these, the millennials, 4 out of the 10, were actually uh, related to finance. Strangely enough, this 13 to 17-year-old on the Gen Z, the last five three out of those five were dealing with health issues. And the sad part about it is if you're 13 years old and worried about mental health, they're aware of their laziness, they're worried about drugs, and bullying is a factor. So they've got a lot of, um, I don't know if it would be peer pressure, but it would be obviously a situation that they'd have to worry about uh, more uh, from a psychological aspect and an emotional aspect, which is an unfortunate situation. Yeah, it, it's kind of weird that, like, to think, like, all this stuff is coming more and more prevalent to, like, that age group to where, th like you said, there's only a few things on here that talk about, like, uh, finances and, like, just how to, like, control your money on here. Because I feel like they're getting more and more involved with, like, technology and social media to where it's distracting them from, like, learning more about, like their finances for the future. Like I know we had a few classes that somewhat talked on that. And I've been talking to my younger cousin and I was asking him like if he's got any of those like financial prep classes or anything like that. And he just kind of looked at me with his blank face look. Like he had no idea what I was talking about. And he has no idea what he's going to do with his money if he ever gets a job. So John, that's a, that's a question uh, for you. Um, did you have any classes like that you could have took um, in your coursework ever that was like a financial prep, um, even something as simple as like how to write checks or, <laughs> or how to balance a checkbook or anything like that? You know, uh, back in the dark ages when I went to school, <laughs> uh, we had uh, on stone tablets and things. What I actually did was take a bookkeeping <laughs> class, and it taught me about I, I, a little bit about finances and money, but I was always interested in that and sort of did it myself. 
There was never anything back then. And to my knowledge, even uh, through, I've, I've attempted some things through Junior Achievement. They've got a couple of good programs and we've taught seventh, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. And these kids really don't know anything like you're talking about, you know, uh, how to write a check. Unfortunately, we probably won't have to worry about that because there probably won't be any checks around in another few years. All right. I'm learning PayPal, and that's to me, is really cool. I know I can get rid of money. I'm hoping I can get some money back in at some point. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, it's hard to get used to not taking a check in and, and depositing something like that. But what I've noticed is the education factor just for basic uh, finances, like you said, how to write a check. Uh, opening a savings account. Uh, how much should you save? Uh, what is what is enough? Remington and I were talking earlier. You might not say any names, but you know, <laughs> just um, situations about some people that uh, younger that are making decent money, um, not knowing what to do with it. Yeah, like 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 you said, not naming names, but got some people that we uh, we know that. Are making decent money and they're saving back a hundred, two hundred bucks a paycheck when they're going out and dropping like seven thousand dollars for a pool table and a mini fridge, and they don't think anything's wrong with that. They think they're saving too much. Right. I think that I think the another funny part of that is um, with with technology moving forward, it, it makes it a lot easier to spend money mm -hmm. and maybe even a little harder to save it well i can spend like 20 bucks right on my phone oh, instantly yeah. and not even think about it but like if i were to pull out my wallet take 20 dollars out and have to do that i wouldn't do it it's it's, right. a, it's a hard process like yeah. it's you got to get in your head and say okay yeah this is what i need to do with my money mm -hmm. but all these apps that are out now to transfer money to other people uh all kinds of different uh, e-commerce shopping on the web uh, it, it's just so easy to access one click to buy you save your card on there like i can go on amazon right now and buy everything in my wish list in 10 seconds right but i, I can't go in my in my bank app and save money because it's not it's not affecting my brain the way i want it to exactly. saving my money for what so i think that's another <laughs> thing john i have a question about is what do you to get past that psychological factor of saving money what are maybe some tips you have on on doing that the problem is, like you said, is delayed need gratification. The generations, even mine, had that. And we started by making a lot of money, we had to spend a lot, got bigger houses, got everything else. And I think it permeates uh, the Gen Y, the millennials, the Gen Z generations. And there's been a lot of, I think, bad, um, what do you want to say? Bad habits developing? Yeah, the... the the last couple of generations haven't really been able to learn from the previous one. And uh, a lot of the boomers have um, sort of spent themselves in and out of debt several times. So there isn't a real good role model there. And you literally have to start discipline yourself. And if it is one of these things that you are um, technologically addicted and can't get yourself away from that addiction on there, it's going to be hard to learn something else. So you've, you've got to start with something simple uh, from the addiction factor and then just step back from it and say, wait a minute, let me, let me get a hold of this stuff and really 
you know, change your outlook on everything. Um, it, it's, it's hard to describe, but what you have to do is make a mental effort. I think, Dean, you had mentioned something before that you're being more self-aware of some of the things that you're dealing with when we were talking just about um, using phones in public and things when you're working or talking with other, um, other friends. And um, you have to be aware, put the phone down, do something else. If you have the phone and you decide to buy something, if you're buying something, you're not saving anything. Right. You have to pay yourself first. So if you're going to do something, say you make 500 bucks this week, I don't know what your, um, your needs are. I don't know what your normal bills are and what your cash flow is. You're going to have to go through that yourself. So what, what comes in and what goes out, you should have something left. If you're overspending um, your lifestyle, you're not going to have anything, and you're going to be going into credit cards. So what you have to do is live within those means, but first pay yourself. If you take 100 bucks out of that pay, you have $400 left. I don't really care what you do at that point because if you look at that $100 versus that uh, $500, you just put away 20%. Right. You know, and it may be 5%. It may be 10 I don't know what the magic number is. You're going to have to play with that, and everybody's going to have to do that on their own. But you got to pay yourself first. My uncle told me that he had a little uh, hot dog stand a little one and had a miniature golf course. Uh, he did that, probably had his first dollar. He died with it. He retired at 50. He lived till he was in his uh, late seventies and he worked three months out of the year. That's when school was out Memorial day. We went back labor day and you had three months off in the summer, June, July, and August. That's when he was open. He was closed. He worked three months out of the year, retired at 50. He paid himself first. Oh, he paid himself first and <laughs> oh, yeah. nothing else. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think, and I think, John, like the, the hard part for me is um, I'll, I'll pay myself first, yes. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, I also have my debt. Mm -hmm. So I think the, the juggling act of, Yeah, okay, figure I'm, out which ones you want to chip away at and how to balance them. Right, yeah, so yeah. am exactly. I still paying myself first while I'm paying off debt, or am I paying my debt off entirely? What is the process for No, I think you have to balance it out. I don't know there again if it's going to be that 5 10 15%, but you have to have some money for an emergency because if you try to pay all of your debt off first, and something comes up and you don't have any cash on hand, where are you going to go? You're going to go back to the credit card. You're going to go right back into that. So you've got to have some cash on hand. The unfortunate part is if you're already into a situation with the debt, it's going to be a little bit harder than it is if you start out with nothing, no debt at that point, and then start to save and then accumulate debt, but use it wisely. Use it, pay it off, and do that. Too many, unfortunately, will get a credit card in college, and it doesn't mean anything. It's just like, um, like the checkbook numbers, like the numbers on your PayPal. That's all they are. They're numbers. They don't mean anything. There's nothing there. No substance when, behind it at all. Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't mean anything. When you buy something and you get a, a new gaming set and it comes in two days later from uh, Amazon, 
now you see what you paid for your three or four or 500 bucks. And the unfortunate part is that now you've got to be buying other things. You've got to have, uh, what, different headphones. You're going to have to have something else to go along with that. And that three to $500 just became 1000 or 1200 or maybe even more. Um, the last game I played was, I think, Pong. Um, so that tells yeah, you, what, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, Space Invaders or you got anything like that. But, you know, that was it, some pinball machines and stuff. But I've never gotten into the gaming aspect, and I can understand why some people have, um, you know, have an addiction to it. It's like anything else. It's everything in moderation. And unfortunately, there hasn't been anybody to moderate the use, the time, or what uh, the generations are doing. When Gen Z is noticing themselves being lazy, um, having bullying issues, and they're worried about their mental health from seven, 17 down to 13 years old, they're crying for help at this point. They, there's other issues here than just finance. Yeah. So uh, that's going to be beyond this, uh, the scope of what we're trying to do. But that's sad. And that technology addiction, Dean, as you referred to earlier, is making the kids lazy. Because Absolutely. they're sitting around, they're not doing anything. Um, hey, what's the matter with going down and mowing a yard or raking some leaves and making a few bucks here or there? Uh, that's getting them outside, uh, getting them into something else. And there again, it has to be a concerted effort to change habits is what it amounts to. Absolutely. It, and, I, and I don't mean to cut you off. Sorry no, that's there, but, good. Um, there's another thing I wanted to touch on is I think people get into a whole load of debt. Right. And they get into a lot of credit card debt and they're five, six, seven thousand $7,000 in debt and they're making $30,000 a year. Mm -hmm. So they're convinced in their mind that, okay, I can't, I can't get ever, I can't get out of that. Mm -hmm. I'll just make my minimums for the next 20 years and then it'll be paid off. Mm -hmm. And you end up paying double, right. you, oh, yeah. you know, with, with the high interest <clears throat> rates that you get with credit cards nowadays. Um, I think that's that's really the hardest part for me is, hey, I have a decent amount of credit card debt and, okay, I'll just let it live. Mm -hmm. I'll just let it be. So I think that's some good starting points for even myself um, or for any of our listeners who do have some debt. Build up a little bit of a, a nest mm -hmm. below that. Make some minimum payments for a little while. Uh, John, cut me off if I'm wrong here. Make some minimum payments for a little while mm -hmm. and get your savings up. Right. And get have some money in the bank for if you blow out a tire or um, – you're if you're living out somewhere and you got to pay um something extra for your house and right you know you, your hot water tank goes out and you got to pay six seven hundred dollars to get it fixed like that kind of stuff you know mm -hmm. to to keep a little uh savings going so i think that's that's definitely a good start for myself is is getting that savings set up and then and then making the big payments on the on the credit card well, right I'll say real quick too like making those uh like smart moves to start saving back like i i personally don't have any like real debt like any student loans or anything like that but just from what we've been talking about over the past few episodes like getting that safety net like built up like i'm sure my car is gonna crap out at some point in the next few months here and i i, I had to like stop myself when i got my tax return from making that like really dumb impulsive purchase and i was like i'm just gonna save back like five or six hundred because like that's gonna hopefully take care of a decent chunk of what's wrong with my car if it does eventually crap out like i'm expecting yeah. it to but just 
as soon as I did that, put that money in my savings account, it was that like wave of like, I'm making a smart decision here and I'm setting myself up to continue this and just be better set for the future. And it's just like a really gratifying <laughs> right. feeling. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I, th- I think another thing for myself is, is I'll, I'll save money. I'll put money aside. I'll put a thousand dollars aside and I'll say, Hmm, go buy a new camera. <laughs> oh, I, I was the worst. <laughs> and, that. and John, I can't lie to you. I just did that. Yes, sir. <laughs> I just did that. I saved up money from um, my, my, my birthday was actually on Friday and I had money saved up and I was like, I'm going to go buy a new camera. I can't help myself. So I think that's another problem with like the instant gratification of millennials and, and Gen Z's is because that stuff is so accessible. I can go online. I can watch all kinds of reviews. I can read all kinds of stuff about this camera. I get in my head and I say, I need this camera. Exactly. But I don't. I yeah. don't need it. Well, I here, want it. One good thing about it. Guess what you didn't do? You didn't go into debt for it because you had the cash. And I think from that you can learn and asking yourself that question, I want it, but I don't need it. And we had talked about that in a previous episode. There's need things and there's want things. And now that you have it, how do you feel about it? Are you happy that you made the purchase? It was for your birthday. Self-gratification. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. I'm glad you didn't go into debt for it. But then on the other hand, hopefully you sat there and you went, okay, well, I don't have that $1,000. That would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, it was, a, it was a, a piece that I had been looking at for quite some time. Mm-hmm. So it did feel really good to it, almost, not necessarily like an accomplishment, but that is kind of how I feel about it. It's like, I've really wanted this for quite some time. Ever since I started shooting photography, this is like pretty much the camera I had my eyes on. And being able to pay for it in cash was a little bit of like a... And I think that's good. That's very yeah, nice. And yeah. If it's something like, like you said, it's a camera for photography, that, that could possibly lead to hopefully making some money back. Like if, oh, if absolutely. You use that. Yeah, that was my whole idea of yeah. it too. It was like, hey, maybe I might be able to push business off of this. Yeah. yeah. And if I can use a camera and some, some quality lenses to make money with it, yeah. then it's really, really like an investment rather than buying like a toy or something. Right. Like, like if you would have said, oh, I dropped a thousand bucks for the, the new Xbox and five games, I'm sure we'd be looking at you pretty different right now. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, if, if it's a smart investment, then that's one thing. But yeah. Yeah, and that's also going to be getting you up off the couch, too, because you're not going to be taking pictures of the living room or your Xbox or anything else. 30 you know? pictures of the couch. Yeah. Pictures I have window. a ton of pictures of my couch. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you know I'm, I'm a couch photographer. <laughs> I, I stand corrected, okay? <laughs> but uh, but I, I think now that you've done that, you know that you can put that money aside, and the next time something comes in, Maybe you've got 2,000 set aside and you only need 500 of it and you still have 1,500. You have to have baby steps with this. The other thing is um, my daughter and her husband, uh, they're both in their late 20s right now and they've had some uh, uh, loan issues with uh, vehicles. They've made some not quite the best decisions and I'm trying to help them through that. They had a nice refund on their uh, tax return this year. So I said, you know, immediately we set aside $2,000 and used a couple other thousand to get rid of the smaller cards. At that point, we went from about a 60 to 72 month payout period making the payments they did. That was not minimum. They had been making a little extra on each one, but they've been so strapped they haven't been able to do anything. 
So we put some money aside, and I said, if by us paying these other ones off, let's transfer those $30 to $40 monthly payments on to the existing ones. And we took that 60 to 72 month down to 12 to 18 months, okay? So now they're going to stay on to that. Um, there's also nothing wrong with maybe getting some overtime or maybe picking up a, a little side job here or there just to get these short-term things done because once those are done, every time you have one that you're already uh, paying on, use that money and transfer it over. So we started at the 29%. 26%, 22%, and then started putting the ones to the higher interest uh, amounts from that. Gotcha. So, so you're saying, the, what do they call that, the, the snowball effect right. of paying off the highest interest first and mm -hmm. then going down the list of the lower interest ones? Exactly. I think uh, another thing for me with my debt is I want to pay off the cheapest one first. Yeah. Just get it like it, completely off the books. It's the, the instant dollars. gratification, John. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you. It's, mm -hmm. that, it's that instant gratification. If I can't, if it takes me too long to pay this off, I just say, oh, screw it. I'll mm -hmm. just let it sit. Right. So when I can get that instant gratification, okay, this card's only got 600 bucks on it. This card's got 200 bucks on it. I'll just do it now. Mm -hmm. And I pay that off now. Mm -hmm. What am I doing for my other debt? Letting right. it build more interest. Exactly. If I got a, if I got a card with $4,000 on it and I'm paying 20% interest on that or whatever it be, I'm paying $80, $90 a month in, or in interest. Like, right. It's going to hurt. Right. I've had some other uh, clients even that would come in and they said, I'm going to pay this off right away. And I said, uh, do you have any uh, credit card debt? Yeah, but I, I just got to get this other loan paid off. How much is the loan? Well, it's one of those zero interest financed uh, auto loans that they might owe five, 6,000 bucks on. Doesn't make much sense. Um, they've also got um, two, three, 4% uh, loans on some other things. They want it. It's nagging them, but they want to pay it off. Yet they've got $10,000 in credit card at 30%. It, it makes no sense whatsoever. Um, so even with the interest rate that you would save that they have to pay, uh, they'd be able to turn around and, and uh, you know, make that uh, debt payment at the higher interest rate uh, go away much sooner. And then you can start applying that. So it's, it's just changing of habits is what it amounts to. Um, I've literally... My business has changed over the last 30 years, probably about six or eight different times. And every time the economy or something else happens in the workplace, I have to keep up with it from the tax standpoint, from the uh, planning perspective or whatever. But I also change the office around. And for me to do that, I literally sit in the client's seat. I have sat out in the waiting room looking around. What am I first seeing? I come into my office. I sit in a different chair i sit in the couch i i look at stuff and saying you know am i going to be impressed if i come in here to at least this person's going to know what he's talking about versus is is there anything else that i can see that may need changed and i think you have to do that however you can take a different look at something you have to change the habit have to change your outlook and you have to do something that is uncomfortable unnatural but yet it's going to be something that's going to be positive. I don't know. That's a, that, yeah, that's, yeah, a, that's no, a taking great, a step back. Yeah. That, yeah. That makes really. Um, yeah. Taking a step back and then looking at your whole situation. That's a, that's a, that's a great idea. You know, the uh, other thing that we're trying to do here is everybody that's listening to this and hopefully you've been here for the first six, this is the seventh. We're inviting people 
with comments. Um, we want your thoughts. We want suggestions on topics. Could they reach out with like if they have their own like personal like financial struggle going on? Like, Absolutely. hey, I've got this x amount of debt with this much interest like what what would you do in my shoes like, absolutely I'm sure we, yeah absolutely that'd be great for a case study on a podcast we'll change your name it'll be bill and sue it won't <laughs> be uh, it won't be rem and dean here or anything like that <laughs> but yeah that would be great we could have a, a case study done uh give me some time to do that i could talk to you personally and then um we could uh use that on uh on air or something that's that's fabulous but yeah, even on a, a personal level, if you need something, uh, you've got at the end of this recording, you will get contacts for all of the websites, uh, the phone numbers, uh, the podcast sites that we're having and everything else. So um, we're, we're still working our way through the uh, concept, the talking aspects, everything else we have here. So we invite your uh, input. Uh, we want to know if we're on the right track. Uh, we want to have other guests on. We want to have other topics. I'm sure uh, I feel good about today's topic um, with Rem and Dean. I'm sure we'll have them back again. Um, but it's, uh, it's a different outlook. I'm learning things from them, and hopefully they're learning things from me. As always, thanks for listening. Stay positive and think WTF. You can reach us at lifestagesadvisory.com, my planning website, jaccpapfs.com, my CPA website, or you can tune into us on Apple, Google, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. If you have a specific topic or want to be a guest on the show, reach out to my producers by email at wtfpodcastproductions at gmail.com. See ya!